Dr. J. Welcome to your inspiration. This is where I challenge you to live with intention to create your life of meaning. Welcome aboard. Let's get started. Today is a very special episode. It's not a typical five minute drop. It'll be a little bit longer, but it's special to me because I hope it serves you as a wake up call to live life with full intention and not just to react to life in terms of reacting to the things that happen to us. So we'll be counting down the top five regrets that people have when they're on their deathbed. I know it sounds cynical, but I really do hope that it serves a useful purpose for you guys. So regret number five, I wish I'd let myself be happier. Viktor Frankl, who is the author of Man's Search for Meaning and Psychologist, stated that the world may take away everything else in an instant, but it can never take away our attitudes. Whether or not we're happy in life really doesn't depend on how much stuff we have, how good looking we are, or what we've made of ourselves. It's the meaning that we give to things that happen around us, the story that we tell ourselves over and over again. I want you to remember this, your level of happiness and satisfaction in life is not dependent on what happens around you or to you, but what you make of it. It's your attitude. So how do you interpret what happens around you on a daily basis? If instead of thinking about things happening to you, what if you can reset your mind and your attitude to think about things that happen for you? You would learn to appreciate your job, your children, your health, your vision, your friends, your colleagues, and even your toes. When you begin to practice appreciation in a con on a consistent basis, you learn to become more content and satisfied in life overall. You learn to be happy. Instead of comparing yourself to someone who has a better hobby, a faster car, or more vacations abroad, you start to be happy with what you have, simply for being alive and for being able to breathe. On the flip side, some people are scared that if they let themselves be happy now, they would lose the drive to strive for more. That couldn't be further from the truth. Learn to be happy in the present moment, and the ideas that you desperately cling to for happiness will materialize. When you're happy, you come up with much more creative insights and solutions to problems. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you need to have something to be happy. You can be happy now. If you can't be happy now, you won't be happy after you've reached whatever goal you were striving for anyway. I spent a good number of years being miserable. I swung from extreme ends of being really excited and happy to really angry and spiteful. I hated one person from one moment and then loved them the next day. I was impulsive with my spending and my eating habits. Those in the clinical fields of mental health would have probably diagnosed me with borderline personality disorder back then. I chose not to give myself that label. It took a while, but I gave myself permission to be free of boxes. I learned to put in the work with this new mindset and attitude. Before making that decision, I couldn't come to terms with the fact that my happiness depended on me and not on someone else. Now, I know that I choose to be happy or sad. I choose to appreciate life or wallow during the weekdays waiting for the weekend to come. That's my choice. I choose my attitude and mindset. So choose to be happy because it's a choice. It's your choice and not anyone else's. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. 
The fact that this was listed as a fifth regret is such an understatement to how true the statement is of life. Everything boils down to this. What do you choose? Regret number four, I wish I'd stayed in touch with friends. So to be quite transparent, this is hard for me to write. When it comes to the friendship department, I struggle significantly. For the longest time, I told myself it was because I was introverted and shy. But ask my friends from grammar school, and I would have never in a million years fit into the category of being shy or introverted. I also told myself that my shyness is warranted because of significant life experiences that altered my ability to trust openly or without filter. So I never really learned to form secure attachments with friends. But to be honest, that was just all an excuse. I've made many mistakes in this arena. I've lost a lot of friends because of my own insecurities. And I may find it much more difficult to let people into my life than to finish a dissertation, for example. But I know the significance of friendships. And even on my most introverted days, I crave time with others and value my closest friends. I'll hold, I will always hold memories of many friends from childhood near and dear to my heart, no matter where I may stand with them now. But that doesn't mean that I wish I would have done things differently or that I didn't learn from my experiences. Recently, I've been really lucky to meet some of the dearest people I know. I've formed so many wonderful friendships that have helped me to heal my own scrapes and bruises. If you're not convinced that you need to form and maintain strong bonds, I want you to hear this. Scientists have found that one of the top factors in determining life longevity is the number of friendships someone has outside of the family. So the more friends you have, the more likely you are to live longer. What other benefits might you see in those that have lots of important friendships? People with a strong network of friends have increased cardiovascular health, for example. They have fewer immune problems and less cortisol present in their body. That's the hormone in your body that your body produces when you're stressed. So what can you do to improve this area of your life today? We are hive creatures after all, and having a significant tribe and community around us is and has always been pivotal to our survival. So there are four simple steps that you can take. You can schedule routine dates with friends, call them just to say hi and spread your cheer, you could rely on your friends for support in ways that you probably haven't thought of before. And you can also engage in physical exercise with your friends instead of doing it solo. Think about what any of these or which of these might take more time and effort for you. And I want you to really invest time in that. How will you add this to your life? Counting down to regret number three. I wish I had expressed my feelings. When I think about two words, regret and communication, in the same sentence, my grandfather comes to mind. I remember the day that I learned my grandfather had passed away. He was half a world away on another continent, but that didn't ease the intensity of the aftershock. Because of our family's financial and political situation back then, we couldn't even attend his funeral. I remember having to be the one who broke the news to my mom when she walked in the door from work. The expression that flooded her face as soon as she registered what I said is an expression I will never forget. Even to this day, when I reflect on what that looked like, it whacks me with pain and sorrow in a way that no other memory can. 
As my mom spent the next few days mourning for her father in her room, alone, I found an unsettling feeling in the pit of my stomach as I realized that I couldn't share in her pain. I don't remember my grandfather very much, but a few years ago, during one of my meditations, the memory of him came flooding back into conscious awareness. My grandfather was a very stoic man, very stoic and stern, but sincere in his affection for his family. I've heard many surreal stories about the dinner table and how he would eat scraps so that his five children and wife could enjoy the good stuff. For example, when they'd have fish for dinner, he'd eat the parts like the fish eyes and the head so that the kids could enjoy the flesh, the good stuff. As a little kid, I remember smelling his factory of belt buckles, the distinct metallic taste on my tongue as I breathed in the air at his factory below our house and fell asleep to the distinct whirring of machines that were always running as he created works of beauty with his bare hands. I also remember what a sensitive, self-conscious girl I was. I remember I let waves of embarrassment wash over me when he would take me to school in the mornings on the back of his motorcycle. I'd ask him to drop me off a block away so that none of my friends would see. I remember small details of my grandfather here and there, but it pains me to say that I don't remember telling him how much I loved him, how much I admired his work ethic, and what it meant for me to have him as a male role model. I really wish I could be back on his motorcycle clutching at his waist, knowing that all was going to be okay. All I have left now are intense stabbings of pain and tears of regret for never letting him know how much I loved him. Miles between us and language barriers aside, I always let his intense presence take precedence to the feelings of appreciation when it came to expressing myself around him. Remembering to express yourself is a necessary part to living a meaningful life. Hiding your feelings or denying them because you're afraid you'll hurt someone's feelings, it doesn't serve anyone. Making yourself small doesn't make anyone else any bigger. Say what you mean and mean what you say. If you have to dig for what you mean, all the more valuable that it is what you have to say. So I want you to think of three things or keep three things in mind. When you think of regret number three and how a lot of people on their deathbeds wish that they had expressed their true feelings as they were living their life. I want you to remember to one, show appreciation to your family, your friends, and your strangers for little acts and big acts. Always show appreciation. Two, I want you to use kind words in expressing disappointment. Many times we try and avoid conflict or we say too much in harsh ways that have no truth. Remember to use kind words in expressing your disappointment and express what you would love to see change in both your behavior and others. You can never take back what you say, so use kind words. Three, I would like to encourage you to speak up for yourself. I can't stress this one enough. Your voice must be heard in this world. No one else will champion your needs but yourself. Living in an empowered way begins with knowing your value and speaking to whoever will listen about the beauty of your singular presence. Counting down to regret number two. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. We're all wired to have a hunger and desire for growth. Growth comes in many forms, success, achievements, accomplishments, contributions. Our need to be challenged and grow is ingrained 
and important. We weren't placed here on this earth to be static or stagnant. Life itself is ever moving and dynamic. However, when we mislabel success and achievement for growth, life becomes work, doesn't it? We find ourselves looking for the weekend and we spend Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday wishing it was Saturday. Come Sunday and we already dread Monday. How much time do you spend loving what you do and doing what you love? Take a moment to calculate the number of hours you spend per day truly enjoy being alive. Now I want you to divide that by 14 because I'm assuming you get eight hours of sleep and we'll put in an hour of commute to work each way. So what percentage of your life do you really truly enjoy being alive? In, J- in Japan, there's an epidemic called Kuroshi or in South Korea, something called Guarosa. Translated to mean overworked death, people in Japan are literally having heart attacks and strokes due to the stress and malnutrition from working too hard. They're leaving behind their young children, their spouses and their parents. Why do we pour so much of our time and energy into work? Is it the money or what money can buy? We know that material things don't last. We habituate to better houses and better cars. It's said that people who win the lottery aren't any happier a few months later than when they were before they won the lottery. So think about that. Think about what you're really after when you find yourself working so hard. Is it the ability to go on vacations? How can you do that when you're already spending so much time working anyway? Are you really doing what's best for your family? Ask them what would make them really happy. Ask your kids, do they want a new toy or to spend time with you at home? Is it to rise to senior executive level at work? What does that position get you anyway? In the end, it always comes down to love. We work hard for love, whether it's from providing for our family, from getting acceptance or getting accepted by our peers and colleagues, or even envy from friends. What we're really after is love. Don't spend your whole life mindlessly working or wishing for more time to only wither away on your deathbed wishing you could redo your life. There is no redo in life. Save a lifetime of regret by taking a few minutes to evaluate your life. So first, evaluate your goals. What do you hope to achieve professionally? Or maybe even personally? Consider really, really thoroughly what your values are and how you can align your goals with what your values are in living an intentional life. Examine where you are professionally and how that relates to where you are today. What do you have to do to get one step towards a greater goal for the good, for the common good? Ask yourself one question every day. Your efforts will build momentum faster than you think. What can you do to close that gap? Second, set a schedule. Schedule activities in, activities in your day that you know will absolutely light you up. Make sure you schedule in time to spend with your tribe, your family, and loved ones. Schedule in time to contribute to the world, even if it means carrying someone's groceries from the store to the car. Make sure you stick to your schedule because life will definitely get in the way. Third, learn from those who've already done it. Famous entrepreneur and international speaker Tony Robbins says that success leaves clues. That means you don't have to work so hard or recreate the wheel when it comes to meeting your goals. Learn from others' mistakes and their experiences. Get to your goals faster this way with much more efficiency. And finally, we're counting down to regret number one. I wish I would have lived a life true to myself. 
life comes with so many regrets. But you know, it doesn't have to if we choose to live our lives deliberately. When someone is on their deathbed and names this regret as one of their own top five, it tears my heart into pieces. It's game over. How would you define living a life true to yourself? What would it take to live that life? As social creatures, it's inevitable that we're influenced by others in our lives. We put the needs and preferences of others first sometimes denying the existence of our own. When we do things simply because we want to gain others' acceptance or to please others, we're actually giving up a little bit of ourselves. We deny our own existence and our own unique voice. And by doing that, the world loses its chance to witness our true form. Unfortunately, I can't tell you how to live a genuine life. Only you know how. You're the expert of you. But luckily, I can help provide some insight that might be helpful for you if you're ready. 1. Create a life creed. A life creed is one or two sentence mantra that you live by, no matter what. So for example, my life creed is, see the beauty in all things, give permission to be inspired. Your life creed is a rule that you live by, something that resonates with who you are at your core. Contemplate seriously about how you'll utilize this gift of life. What will be on your epitaph? What will, what will be your legacy? What is your legacy? Second, write down your five core values. Your five values should help you delineate a set of rules to follow in all of your actions. It helps you understand how you choose to show up in the world, and it's quite a liberating feeling. You have to do this, though. We forget that we really need to take the time to intentionally set ourselves the space to figure out who we are and how to live. If you're struggling with this exercise of writing down your five core values, think about the times that someone has really angered you. They've actually broken one of your values. So the stronger this anger reaction, the higher your value. My five values are to act with integrity, respect others no matter what, say what I mean and mean what I say, listen first, and be a role model. Each one of these values come from the understanding that others have really annoyed or angered me and taking the time to understand that that's actually my soul's way of telling me what my spiritual makeup looks like. So third, be bold. You can choose to be goofy, choose to laugh, choose to be scared and to be uncomfortable and to push yourself. As best we know, we only have one life here. Make the most of it. Find things that scare you and do them anyway. It's a misconception that only the fearless move ahead and live fully. No one is ever really fearless in everything. Fear is evolution's way of keeping you safe. If you have a yearning for something but can't get yourself to act because of a tremendous amount of fear, start with something small. Prove to yourself that you can face your fears. Let this newfound sense of confidence trickle into all of what you do. Be daring, be honest, be kind, be extraordinary for the good of this world. Just remember, the world will never witness another you again. Don't blow it. We are not guaranteed any second chances. We've been given this gift of life to share ourselves with the world. And, we, and if we choose 
to live a life as a series of reactions to others, we're denying this world a gift that life, God, or the universe intended. Live like you mean it. Live truly and truly live. Figure out what's important to you, define your values, and write your own story. Then you can cross this regret off your list. Want more? Come join me on my website at www.yourlifeinspired.com. That's the letters U-R, lifeinspired.com.